Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Greetings, Mike Marshall. I will go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, I'm a little sunburned. Um, I was at a cross-country meet for a very long time on Saturday. And you'll be hearing more about that in our next episode. Okay, fantastic. Well, I, I hope you finished in the top three. <laughs> Definitely did not. <laughs> going to be... Although, although there was a meet where I did basically run the entire course with my eight-year-old who really didn't want to run. Uh, and uh, that was not what I wanted to do in sandals, as it turns out. So, ooh, no, no, not no. fun. Yeah, That's a yeah. story for another day. No, no, yeah, yeah. Everything I've heard about cross-country is, is a parent-participative sport. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> if, if you're going to take a good picture, you're going to see how your kid's doing, then you're going to be sprinting uh, from checkpoint to checkpoint. So... Uh, yeah, I think that's fantastic. I think all all sports should be that way. I, I saw one the other day where the the football team they had a night, a parents' night, and then the, saw that. yeah, the mom suited up and then just knocked the snot out of their their <laughs> football player sons. It's like, see, that's that's old school right there. That's how we used to do it in my day. I love yeah. it. Yeah, that's well, like how we that. roll. The uh, so uh, it's fascinating today. Uh, one of our, our viewers of the two uh, <laughs> has actually sent us a suggestion uh, for this particular episode. And this is not the first. We thank you so much, Dolores. This is uh, just a, it's, it's sad and hilarious. I mean, it's, it's both of those things at the same time, if I can yeah. say that. Yeah. Oh, that which is, by the way, is going to be the uh, title of my autobiography. <laughs> Sad and hilarious. <laughs> well, so uh, Dolores has a daughter. We will, you know what? Uh, let's call her daughter Kay. How about that? Oh, Kay. Yes. Let's go with Kay. Yeah. Yes. Kay. So Kay. And about how old is Kay, would we assume for our hypothetical example that's true? Let, let's say this is her first job out of college. I believe that's accurate. So she's 20, 20 mid 20 ish. Yeah. yeah, sure. Early 20s, yeah. early 20s yeah, to mid 20s. We'll yeah, I like that. Uh, so Kay uh, just bought her first car. And Dolores is, is uh, one of our mentors. She's in the business with us. We've talked about her many times on the podcast. Um, and it's, it's just amazing how often this happens to people like us. She says uh, her daughter had the worst experience ever, and she uh, gave three very specific reasons, which we're going to cover here. Uh, she was, uh, she said, the store was slow to respond, used terms that Kay didn't understand, and tried to sell Kay things that she really didn't know she needed. Mm -hmm. And those are three things that are uh, great little factoids. Let me give you the the sort of sad and funny story. She says, uh, the funniest thing she said to me was that she purchased an extended service contract and the F&I manager said it's basically bumper to bumper coverage on her car. But when she read the list of exceptions, she said, if it's bumper to bumper coverage, then why are bumpers excluded? <laughs> I, I hate it when the customer shows up with logic. Uh, yeah whipping out your logic on me well hey he said basically bumper to bumper i mean come on you know oh. give the guy a little slack 
Yes, yes, and it's it's and just to, just to read this is terrifying. Right. Uh, you know, when we think of the divide between the service and sales department, this is one of the wedge statements where the sales department, you know, you've got this uh, warranty and it's bumper to bumper coverage, and then the, the customer comes into service and goes. No money will change hands today because I have <laughs> bumper to bumper, uh, you know, and of course it doesn't cover wear items and things that, you know, that you tear up and stuff like that. Right. So, uh, so yeah, there's this unrealistic expectation. So I'm glad to see that Kay uh, was not falling for uh, the, the bumper to bumper mantra uh, that was <laughs> right. presented to her. Uh, and and it was still, you know, just uh, it, it, and and we're going to sort of take these one by one. But you know, the the idea that, um, you know, selling her things she didn't know if she needed, um, such as bumper to bumper coverage that it turns out is not bumper to bumper. You know, it, is that important? Is it not important? She uh, had a a true lack of trust going through the system. I mean, you can you can put herself you you can put yourself in her shoes very easily if you can't. Think about uh, a daughter or uh, somebody you know who's that age and think about uh, how you'd feel if this was just run up the flagpole to them and uh, and they had to make a split second decision about it. This is really hard, right? You know, what what does this coverage mean? What mm -hmm. does it mean? Doesn't even make sense. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think the, the, the saddest part, uh, you know, as you read this, uh, you know, as you read further into this. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, Kay left there in tears because um, she was there five hours. She's not exactly sure of what she purchased, and it will be years before she purchases again. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, here's this you know this kid who you know we always talk about the lifetime value of a customer. Mm -hmm. and there's this kid that's worth six hundred thousand dollars over the course of a life you think the household the the dad her kids yeah uh, all the vehicles and all the service yeah you're looking at six hundred thousand dollars that this dealership has truly just chased away right they will never get that opportunity with this particular customer well i i had this happen um with uh, uh another uh just an acquaintance that i ran into um at a coffee shop I call her fake ain't, uh, fit. let me try that again. Fake aunt Robin. That's, that's what I call her. Cause she looks like my aunt Robin, but she's not my aunt Robin. So I call her fake aunt Robin. And, uh, and she responds to that now, which I really appreciate because for a while I, I truly didn't know her actual name. Anyway, I saw fake aunt Robin and she was driving a car for a brand that I work with. And I didn't realize she had a car like this. And so I, you know, I had to quiz her about it and she was bragging about the vehicle and she said it had held up much better than her other vehicle. And, um, and I'm not going to use any names here. Okay. Because it's just too painful. It's just too painful. But, um, basically I said, well, tell me which dealership did you buy your vehicle that you like at? And, um, she, uh, did not buy it at a dealership. And you want to know why? Because the experience with the other vehicle had been so painful that she refused to go back to a dealership. Um, and, uh, you know, it was the same thing as, as here. She Now, this is a woman who's a little uh, older and, and knew what she was doing coming into the situation. But, you know, she was going to pay cash and they kept her for, I think she said, three hours. 
before they finally were willing to sell her the car because they wanted to keep, you know, trying to do financing and so on and so forth to, to make some money. Um, and it's understandable that they want to make money. Everybody needs to make some profit. Um, but man, these, these are like one and done experiences, right? They, they never come back to your store after this. They, in fact, they tell other people not to come to your store as this woman did to me. Um, mm -hmm. So Kay is, is in uh, a, a good boat with other people that are having the same experience, selling them things that they, they don't uh, know if they need, or in some cases know for sure that they don't need, <laughs> and yet they still try to do it. Well, it goes into, you know, how do we make the customer feel smart, informed? How do we as a business come across as transparent and ethical? Uh, right. Yeah, if I, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you can talk to me in such a way that I'm confused and now I'm not even sure what I've purchased and, and then I'm not sure what's in it for me. Um, yeah, what a horrible feeling to leave a, a customer with. And the, yeah, the long-term prospects are, are pretty, pretty dismal for this, this relationship to continue. Yeah. And, and before we leave this first, you know, uh, item of, of selling things that you don't really know if you need, uh, if your, if your customers don't really know that they need, I, I hope nobody hears this as like a, a moral shamey finger of an episode. You know, the, the point here is that nobody likes this. This doesn't work for you or for them. It doesn't, it doesn't help your customer and it doesn't help you. Um, and so there's a real logic here to doing a little self-assessment. Is there any part of our process, all of our customer touch points, where we're selling people things that they aren't sure if they know that they need? Mm -hmm. Well, and you see this too, that where, where, you know, you see where it's bad enough that the customer comes back the next day or two days later, sure. you know, trying to unwind or get out of uh, some of these things. Yeah. And yeah, that's, uh, you know, and, and then on the flip side, we've got stores who would never do these things of course, and work incredibly hard to make sure that the customer feels smart, informed and participative in, in the process. And yeah, they don't have these, these ongoing issues. And, and uh, one store makes money in the short term, the other store is planning to make money for infinity. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. So the, the thing we talked about, yeah, don't sell me stuff. I, I don't know if I need it. The, the second one is, uh, you know, using what I call dealer speak yeah. uh, or, or, you know, industry language. Uh, yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, the automotive retail business is worse than the military when it comes to acronyms and mm -hmm. words and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, even the term F and I, well, you're going to go see the F and I manager. Right what is that yeah what, what does he do well he's going to talk to you about gap <laughs> there's a gap in my car in my teeth <laughs> yeah i don't know what you're talking about and it, in the terms just they just continue and th that that idea that yeah we we use it so frequently internally to turn it off and to think about okay what is it that that would be the the the, the civilian word for what i'm about to say uh, yeah. that has to take place. And a, a good litmus test for this is to go find somebody not in the industry who's a friend of yours who would be willing to tell you the truth and say, Bob, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, and the, what does part, that mean? Uh, yeah. And part of the, the problem with this is, is this example and our examples, a lot of them occur in the Midwest. And in yeah. the Midwest, we're very nice people. Right. We don't want to make you feel dumb. That's so right. we won't tell you that you're making us feel dumb. That's so right. 
we'll nod our heads and say like, yeah, that's yep. great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wheel and tire. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, you know, right. etch. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if we were on the East Coast, probably be a little bit tougher. Uh, you know, to get these things past folks. Uh, but in the Midwest, we just nod our heads and, and kind of agree. We have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And and you see the theme here, right? Because you wouldn't want to be treated this way if you knew about it, right? If if, if you knew you were treating somebody this way, you wouldn't want to do it. So it's mm-hmm. trying to uncover getting into their shoes and like, what would this sound like to them? Really, really seeing it from their perspective so that you can mm-hmm. treat them the way you would want to be treated as well. Well, and could I actually get people to purchase more things if they understood it? what we yep. were talking about yep so so yeah if i if i say it in clear terms it's easily understandable i bring their apprehension i bring resistance down now they have an open mind to consider is this something that's worthwhile for me to uh, to spend my money on uh, Amen. So, Amen. so yeah good stuff here uh the last right, one, one uh, she talks about uh, the length of the process slow to respond um and use turn, you know, so, so it, this, this is a hard one, I think, because um, we're understaffed. And so, you know, if you're submitting a web lead or, or what have you, it's there. See, I used an industry term lead. Mm-hmm. Customers don't submit leads, right? right? Customers ask questions. They fill out a form. Maybe yeah. they send yeah. an email. Maybe. Yeah. No. Yeah. They ask questions online. They ask questions online. So, <laughs> With all that being said, we don't have a ton of staff in a lot of situations to respond to said leads. And so there's a logistical barrier here. Um, But now we're talking about setting expectations with our customers at the very least, if not, you know, responding promptly and and having the process when we're in person, uh, you know, uh, go as fast as it can. But a lot of this involves checking in with that customer and making sure they know that things are happening. I always think about... um, you know, I'll use kayak.com because that's the, the one I always go to when I'm looking for a airfare. You know, I say I'm going from here to here on this date, search. And what does it do? You know, it could just be a black screen until it goes and checks all those servers for all those different, different, uh, different airlines. But instead, it says now checking Delta, now checking Southwest now checking United, you know, it's, it's just so that while I'm sitting there, I go, okay, progress is being made. All right. Okay. Now we're ready. And, and I see my search results. They didn't have to do that, but it's amazing how in our modern culture, I'm just tapping my foot, tapping my foot, tapping my foot when there's just some sort of delay where nothing's happening or it seems like nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's going on here with Kay's situation too. Oh yeah. I'm sure the store was busy. I'm sure everybody was working very hard. Uh, but if I don't know that, then my assumption is not positive. Uh, my assumption is right. negative that, yeah, things aren't happening. Nothing's working. Uh, nobody cares. Uh, they're uninterested. I guess it's not important that I'm here to buy a car. I mean, I, right. I can make up like 4,000 negative things that, that, that could be going on here. Right. Um, right. So, so, yeah. Yeah. Keeping the customer informed and, and speeding up the process. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the availability of, of, of digital retailing where the customer can go online and do a lot of the, uh, the stuff that, that we used to do in the store and making sure that the store is picking up right where the customer left off online. Yes. So, so this frictionless, seamless transition from the, from the internet to the store, man, that's just beautiful. Uh, yeah, you pull that off and, and now the time's reduced, customers feel smart. 
there's not a repetition of, of, of you know, sharing of information. Uh, all of a sudden, this is, this is fun, and I'd like to do it more frequently. And if you're having trouble wrapping your head around what kind of a frustration we're talking about here, put yourself in the shoes of yourself, because I know we've all done this. Uh, you call some sort of hotline for whatever company you're working with. They ask you to put in five or six different items of information, your account number, your social security, whatever it is. And then you talk to somebody live finally after a big long wait. And then that person asks you the same stupid questions that you just filled out all that information on. You wasted your time, right? I don't know how it helped them, but you know that you wasted your time because you're doubling your effort. Mm -hmm. So if I spend a bunch of time, we'll, we'll use a little car speak here. If I'm uh, talking with your BDC and I'm your customer, and then I come into your showroom and anything that I talked about with that BDC has to be repeated to the person on uh, actually on the sales floor. So frustrating, right? So mm -hmm. frustrating. We've, we've got to, we've got to do better about that to where we do make it, like you said, seamless, whatever I'm doing, I can just step into the next step of that, regardless of who I'm talking to. At the oh, yeah. Well, and I'm seeing it out there just, you know, in, in fits and starts, you're starting to see pieces of this come together. So yes. it's an exciting time in this particular industry where, where the technology you know, usage is now catching up to the times and uh, yeah, we can make this uh, not just something you have to do, but something that you would enjoy doing. How about that? Yeah, and that would that would be what awesome. Concept. Yeah, as you're as you, we're talking about this, I'm thinking about you know I have stores, and their goal is to uh, to do business in such a way that that you could send your grandma into the store, your favorite grandma into the <laughs> store, and not worry about who waited on her uh, and what happened, because you know that everybody in the store and the processes in the store. Uh, would do what's right for the customer as well as the dealership. I love that. It's it's like my barber shop. I know that every single barber there is good and I trust all of them. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm pretty busy. And so, you know, when I step up there, I don't sit around waiting on that one guy that, you know, everybody knows can actually cut hair. I trust all of these guys, right? right. I, I love that. I love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'll wait. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the guy with one eye, you know, one leg shorter than the other. So all his haircuts run the bill. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. yeah all right. Well, I, let me uh, say one other thing to sort of set up our next episode. Ooh, okay. So um, three things here, right? Are you slow to respond? Uh, are you using terms that your customers don't know? And are you selling things that they don't know for sure that they need? Those are the three questions that we put in your lap. And I guess technically they're yes, no questions, right? Mm -hmm. But often what we see when you and I work with stores is that they come up with a, a, a plan that they want to execute to improve one of these three things. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to work on improving one of these things, uh, you're probably going to have to tie it to some sort of goal. You're going to have to Give yourself some sort of uh, end point that you're striving to achieve. You know, slow to respond. How would you define slow? How would I know that you had been successful at overcoming slowness in your process? So we can't believe that we haven't done this already, but we've gone back and looked at our records. And after two years, we have, as near as we can tell, not recorded an episode about SMART goals. And uh, this is such a uh, basic and critical 
uh, component of, uh, at least in the modern era, how you go about uh, uh, attacking a, a problem and overcoming things to, to achieve a goal. So we're excited to do that in our next episode. And um, that's all I've got, Mike. Anything else from you as a closing thought? No, no, I'm excited about SMART goals and uh, excited that, uh, uh, that Dolores shared with us this wonderful story. Uh, very appreciative of that. And we hope that, that Kay's future experiences are much better uh, you know, going forward. So, so we, re- re- we remain hopeful and optimistic, uh, unlike our announcer. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, yeah, yeah, sees the world differently. Uh, let's see what uh, see what our guy, uh, Mr. Wolf, has to say. And that's it. Join us next time when you'll hear Mike say, well, I'm sure he'll say something pithy. Don't miss it. Next time, it doesn't take a genius. That's good enough.